everyone, and welcome to another episode of From No Crypto to No Crypto. I'm your host, the Crypto Coach, Blockchain Wayne. Today, we're joined by Luke Stokes. Luke, man, it's a pleasure to have you on here. Luke is a long-term member, a long-term long-term contributor to the FIO protocol, and also one of the board members at FIO protocol. But man, you've done so much more. So first and foremost, Luke, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Wayne. It's a pleasure. Awesome, man. So before we jump into, you know, FIO has an interesting history, and I want to touch on that. And because you were there in some of the in some of the early days and the early conversations, but tell everybody about your background in the space, man. I know you've been in in this space for quite a while. I guess it's actually been a little over ten years now. When I look back, I've, so I've got a background in computer science, engineering, that kind of thing. I was doing early internet development in the late '90s when I was in high school and college, and I've just always been really passionate about payment systems. I had an e-commerce platform that I helped develop and design with a buddy of mine. We did that for about ten years, and through that process, got familiar with the payment space and and really. From there, down the rabbit hole of central money and fiat money and fractional reserve lending and just realizing the gigantic Ponzi scheme that is the U.S. dollar system and every, you know, major world reserve currency before that. Right. And uh, and got very passionate about Bitcoin. Uh, January 2013 started realizing that this, you know, this distributed ledger technology, this mechanism for triple entry accounting, we have this verification, no third party trust, no, you know, no, no, something that could really revolutionize human collaboration and coordination and the way we interact with each other more peacefully. Uh, it's just was really mind blowing. And I, I went down the rabbit hole, got really passionate about it. Um, so for the next, you know, five years, I was an investor, kind of poking around, involved in different communities. I was deeply involved uh, since 2016 on in the Steam and Hive community. I was one of the top, uh, top 20 witnesses that was part of the, the Hive fork, which is a whole amazing backstory of the community going up against billionaires, basically, and winning. So that was kind of <laughs> neat to be a part of. Uh, through that process, I got recruited to help launch the EOS network. So we were one of maybe 300 or so core block producer uh, candidates that helped launch that network, uh, taking that open source code, code and getting it out there. I was part of a, a project called EOS DAC. And we were building a decentralized autonomous community building software, a DAC factory. And I learned a whole lot through that experience. Uh, been involved in DACs and DAOs since uh, 2018 on. And through that kind of got recruited to be part of uh, the FIO launch. I had that experience with those relationships in the delegated proof of stake world, both through Hive, Steam and EOS that it made sense for FIO. I met some of the co-founders at a, an event I was speaking at actually, and also at a, like a workshop for how to run the delegate proof of stake nodes. And since I was already mm -hmm. a block producer on another similar network, uh, I, I ended up kind of teaching the class a little bit, like going around as a teaching assistant to, to the person running the course, because I was one of the few people in the, in the crowd that actually had done it. Um, so it was, it was kind of fun. Uh, but yeah, there's all kinds of different angles we can touch on. I think the thing I'm most personally excited about is this technology is a tool for freedom. I often talk about it as a, a global nonviolent consensus. It's a tool mm. for humans to interact with each other in a new way that wasn't previously possible. Usually we use war and threats of violence for consensus, and now we have a cool technology for it. So, so that's what I'm passionate about. I live here in Puerto Rico with my wife and three kids. Uh, definitely excited about anything that helps more people access these tools for freedom. And that's why I'm passionate about FIO and, and similar projects. Yeah, absolutely, man. I tell you, uh, I was just speaking at an event in Atlanta recently, and I, I, I said the same thing. Uh, before I understand what Bitcoin and this technology was, I went down that rabbit hole. What is money? How does the Federal Reserve operate? And had that holy crap moment. Like, I don't I don't know about this Bitcoin thing yet, but I tell you what, we're in trouble uh, with what we have here. If you just look historically at what's happened, uh, anytime you put a central authority in, in, in control of money, let's hell, if they put you and I in control of money, eventually, you know, or a few people, you know, with the best intentions, eventually over time, over the ages, that system gets corrupted 
and uh, that's why it's great to have you know decentralization oversight. So. Uh, yeah, definitely. I was at a, I was at a, a birthday party just last night. Actually, I was talking to someone, and they hadn't. Re- they're like crypto and blockchain. What's that? I'm like, well, you've heard of Bitcoin, right? They're like, oh yeah, Bitcoin. Wasn't that that thing that people thought was kind of silly? But I hear it's like around and it's back again. What's that about? And just <laughs> it was so fun just to just briefly, you know. And I encourage everyone that's been in this space for a while, just talk to people about it in a way that's non-threatening, in a way that you know. It, engages their curiosity but just briefly explaining what you just said talking about bitcoin talking about cryptocurrency and the tool for freedom that it is it was just so fun to see her just so excited like oh my gosh full mind-blowing situation and it's kind of like yeah this is this is here it's just that kind of doubling that exponential growth you take little tiny numbers and double them and nobody notices for 10 15 years nobody notices but that law of diffusion of innovation as soon as that hockey stick moment happens and we're very close you know four to eight percent of global adoption you get to that point that tipping point and all of a sudden everyone's going to be like well, how is the world not the same anymore how, how has everything changed and and we're getting there very close you know we, you and i have talked quite a bit about the role FIO has to play in terms of usability and making cryptocurrency more accessible to people and how, you know, it's been a little early in a sense that we're providing this mechanism that few people are sending and receiving crypto yet, but yet it's right around the corner. It's just like right around the corner. Uh, so it's an exciting time to be in the space for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're getting close to that, that tipping point. And uh, when we do, you're right. It's, it's, we're going to see, just an acceleration and i challenge anybody in a space just like you did not just to talk to people about it but if you notice especially when i travel of course i wear my fio gear but occasionally you'll see me with switch it out with a bitcoin hat or a bitcoin shirt and that's typically a conversation starter because when i'm in an airport or when i'm traveling um one time man it was 2018 i was wearing a bitcoin hat at trader joe's and the, the guy bagging my groceries looks up and he says bitcoin is that still a thing and I kind of, I chuckled and I took a minute, gave him a 60 second update, why you should look into it, what the potential of what it can do for humanity. And if the guy listened to me, he probably did very well. Cause I, I talked to people about, you don't have to jump all in, but if you understand a little bit, start dollar cost averaging, you know, replace, buy a few dollars a week here or there. And you'll start, you'll start, and then you'll start to want to understand it more. It's that whole, your level of investment matches your level of understanding. Yeah, if you want to invest definitely. more, you got to understand more. So uh, that that's that's really where I went. So that's that's I why you'll see me if I'm not sporting Fio. It's typically Bitcoin gear. Heck yeah, I totally agree. And I think it's actually it's a really important aspect of the onboarding process that I feel like we've lost a little bit. In the early days, ten years ago, it was always never invest more than you're willing to lose. You know, just throw some money in it. You know, maybe twenty, fifty bucks. I mean, my first purchase of Bitcoin was fifty dollars. It was $20 per Bitcoin. It was January, 2013. I got two and a half Bitcoin for 50 bucks. And I had the full intention of this money's just my learning money. It's gonna go away at some speculative whatever. I don't even understand what it is, but I'm learning. And I was just, I wanted to test the process. Like how do I actually buy some of this? And you had to go through something called Dwala. And like, it was just the super convoluted thing. Yes, I was, you know, messing around with Mount Gox, all that crazy stuff. But it was this sense that like, I just want to learn about this. You know, I'm in the payment space. I, I should, I should understand this stuff. And I feel like we've lost that a little bit, just encouraging people to say, hey, you don't need to buy a whole Bitcoin, for example. It's 100 million Satoshis in every Bitcoin. You can just put in 50 cents if you wanted to. Right. And, and there are projects like Libre and some we could talk about where it enables you to kind of get into stuff easily and quickly in a very user-friendly environment that I think are important to kind of get people back to like, 
you've got to never invest it more than you know what you're willing to lose for one and two uh, never invest in something you don't understand and then three make sure it's an actual investment a lot of people get confused about that they think it's a speculation because they see on the news oh this is up 200 percent or whatever and it's like an investment's three to five years if you're even checking the price you know regularly yeah. and concerned about it as if that information is going to change your actions then you're not an investor you're a speculator and fine speculators are great i get all that but generally not what i recommend i, I have friends of mine who got all excited in 2013, 2014, and many of them uh, purchased Bitcoin uh, on the run up to $1,100 and then sold for a loss when it crashed down to $250. And I'm sitting there like, why are you selling? Do you not understand yeah. the future? This is $100,000 to $1 million. And Rick Falkins wrote this great article in 2013 about that. When Bitcoin was $40 a piece, he's like, the target price isn't $100 or you know, $50 to $100. The target price is 100 grand to a million dollars. And what he wrote is exactly accurate even to this day, 10 years later. And so I, I, I encourage people to really understand it. And one of, the, one of the joys I have being in the space, as long as I have been, is the excitement I get from friends of mine who did listen. People that are yeah. like, hey, you've changed my life because you got me into Bitcoin. I'm like, oh, cool, thanks. I love to hear that. <laughs> you know? And, and those, those possibilities are still there, I think. Again, trillions of dollars being printed every single year. Mm -hmm. That is stealing from your purchasing power. That inflation is impacting the entire world in many ways. And so I think there is an importance to understanding this technology, doing some education. I did a, I did a post recently, and we could dive right in a little bit to, to Libre. That's a fun project. Uh, it's based on EOSIO technology, so, or antelope technology, I guess it's called now. Uh, similar to FIO, similar to EO, similar to uh, other, other platforms like Wax and some others. And I, a buddy of mine kind of started it as we were on a delegation of about 40-something people going to El Salvador to speak with the government about their Bitcoin law and how we can help with facilitating onboarding of cryptocurrency. So it was one of the projects that was discussed there. And I've kind of just followed it over the years. They did a fair launch or a mint rush, which I really love. No, so no ICO or IEO or anything like that. It was just you take your Bitcoin, put it into this uh, bridge system, wrap, put it in a smart contract, and then you get a portion of the governance token that comes out of that purchase. And then over time, you get a portion of your kind of Bitcoin and Libre governance token pair uh, out. And what that enabled is a, a mechanism for price discovery for the, for the governance token and a mechanism for figuring out who cares about this network, who's putting money on the line to support it and make decisions about the DAO. And then also, too, this mechanism where right off the bat, you've got a decentralized liquidity pool for the token, which was a really cool. So everyone who participated in the Mint Rush, they get their tokens and they have their, their kind of liquidity pool values locked in and now it's kind of like well why would i sell i would just be selling against myself so it just kind of created this really so it, that alone got me excited about it but then like just uh, last week here in puerto rico i was uh, speaking at crypto mondays here and i was talking about libre because uh, 10 years in the space i have yet to find really simple easy to understand onboarding experiences that are actually decentralized there are some custodian experiences that are okay but again not your keys not your coins this is rule number right. one and so the idea that you could onboard somebody with a super simple process and then more importantly, they could interact sending and receiving cryptocurrency with no friction. So the way they do that on the Libre chain is they wrap uh, Bitcoin and USDT in a way that uses the EOSIO tech. So it's like 500 millisecond block times and essentially zero fees. So what that means is you have the same experience that you would have if you had like PayPal or Venmo. It's just like super fast. The other person's phone says, boop, got it. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah that was easy. 
And obviously there's risk with any bridging technology. It uses the P network. So there's a decentralized bridge involved. They're building their own even more secure decentralized bridging technology, which is pretty cool. Uh, and they're doing a lot of innovation in the space. They actually have their first ordinals decks now. So if you are interested in Bitcoin ordinals or BRC 20s, this way that you can like do tokens on the actual Bitcoin network, um, they now have a DEX that uses uh, the same process of wrapping those tokens, wrapping those uh, NFTs, wrapping anything you want to wrap there on their chain and, and uh, providing a, a mechanism for people to participate in that. But it's again, it's this idea that if you can onboard people quickly, and I, I onboarded an Uber driver, I onboarded a neighbor here in the neighborhood, they took me out to lunch and just walked them through the whole process of not just sending and receiving crypto, but the process of how, what is a liquidity pool? How can you take Bitcoin and a stable coin like, like Tether, put them in a liquidity pool, uh, take those liquidity pool tokens you get in, in response to that, stake them uh, to kind of let the network know, hey, I'm adding this much value to the system by providing liquidity. And then what does it mean to get paid for that service you're providing in uh, staking rewards and liquidity pool uh, fee collection and just walking people through those that whole experience and then taking their governance tokens, staking them and voting in DAO proposals saying, OK, who, here's a company doing development for the network for the next month to build out that DEX, to build out these other functionalities. Do you want to support it or not? And your staked tokens kind of gives you a voice in the in the community, in the ecosystem. So I, I get very passionate about projects that are exploring governance technologies like DAOs and DAX and exploring uh, just ease of use. This is one of the things that drew me to FIO and got me so excited about it as well. Which again, we could talk about the, the FIO backstory too, because it relates yeah. to that. Yeah, we'll jump in that in a second, but man, you touched on some things that are very important. Liquidity. Most people, most, I mean, we're not taught these things in school. The elite, the wealthy, the, you know, the, 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 the elite 1% of businesses, they know what liquidity is. They, they, they are able to participate. We've never been able to participate in liquidity before. So we don't understand the involvement of that. Most, most of our involvement in the past for liquidity is we've probably been exit liquidity for people that were getting out early, right? So that that's how that's how people look at liquidity, and it's important to understand. There's so many topics within the finance world that we weren't taught in school that this decentralized space is going to expose people to, and I think that's part of the education process is understanding that um, because liquidity is important in any market. Not just this is not just a cryptocurrency term. And so that, that's cool that, that they're, you know, they're, they're teaching that in a simple and easy way. I mean, one word I use the most is frictionless, right? We've mm -hmm. got to create frictionless experiences, onboarding people, the Libre wallet, it's a great one. I always talk about uh, just a general multi-chain wallet. Uh, Edge is a great one for onboarding new users. Definitely, um, yeah. That's what I used over the weekend to onboard a bunch of new people to crypto at an event. And it was... It, it, it's easy to, you know, and I, I did an example where I had them download MetaMask and set that up as well. And everybody stopped. They were like, grab the pen. Where do I, where am I supposed to write these words down at? You know, and, and you know, that there's just different mechanisms that make that, that whole process a lot easier. Uh, yeah, I like, like for the Libre wallet, for example, it doesn't even bother with a backup seed phrase until you actually put value in the wallet. And it's like, why mm -hmm. would I create that friction if most people who download right. an app look at it, play with it a little bit and forget it? And don't even use it so yeah I, I, little things like that uh i know secret is oh, another nice. interesting project where they're actually taking your seed phrase splitting it up into a multi-sig of qr codes basically so you can yeah. uh, secure those in different places so there's there's really cool technology that's coming out that's helping with that i think the liquidity example is a really good one it's one that i use often when i say 
you know, what is what is the value in blockchain and cryptocurrency? Why does it, any of this matter? And one of the things I highlight for people is like, let's say you go to Mexico and you, you know, you need pesos, you need to buy, you know, things with the local currency. You are willing as a customer to pay for a service of exchange. Currency exchange is a valuable process. And so with DeFi, decentralized finance, what they're providing is this service that people want. So when there's these incredible gains that are possible with providing liquidity, it's because millions and millions and millions of dollars are currently going to centralized exchanges where they take a small percentage, a small fee. And when there's billions of dollars transferring back and forth and they're taking that small fee, it, it adds up very quickly. But again, somebody's willing to spend a small percentage if they can get that service because they really want to be able to move to whatever currency they prefer in the moment. And by providing liquidity, taking your currency, putting it into a smart contract. And again, there is risk. There is smart contract risk. If that contract is hacked, you could lose all your money. So this isn't like your, your savings that you're gonna do this with. This is again, your investment money, your speculative money to some degree. And you put it in there and you get paid by the, service, the service of the you're providing, the people who want that service to be able to swap into another currency in a, in a trustless, uh, decentralized way are willing to pay us a small percentage and then you get to, to reap the rewards of that. And these are, these are examples of things I try to teach my kids. And, and I think everyone should understand because when you understand the importance of compounding interest, the importance of these tools that have essentially been used against you with debt and debt slavery for so many years, that uh, it's a key part of even someone's awakening. Like the understanding of self-awareness and consciousness is happens when people start to take more personal responsibilities, such as through their finances. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Luke, let's jump into, we, we touched on it, right? The history of FIO. You, you jumped into FIO. Uh, you've been a contributing member to have many roles along the way, you've been a long time board member. Um, what, what got you excited about FIO when you saw FIO initially or when the first, concept that was being built? Yeah. Like I, I remember, like I said, I was at a, an event, I was speaking and I met with the two co-founders, you know, Pablo and David, and they, this was back when it was still like being incubated as an idea. And, uh, there was a company raising funds to do that. And, and they intrigued me with this possibility that you could make sending and receiving crypto, super simple. And um, I think my power just cut out here. One second. I'm gonna, I know we're recording locally, but I'm gonna go ahead and hook up to my phone here, just in case. Um, let's see here. Do, do, do. Welcome to Puerto Rico, right? That's how this always works. Yeah. All right, so I was, I was talking about how meeting with the co-founders and figuring out how cryptocurrency could be as simple as a PayPal Venmo experience, just kind of like the internet was made possible through the DNS system of being able to take a domain name and reference a website, a web page, instead of having to, you know, look at an IP address or something crazy like that. And the more I looked into it, the more I recognized like this is critical for mass adoption. There's millions and millions and millions of people coming to cryptocurrency. And if we don't make it easier for them, we're going to have a serious problem. Uh, there's just, it, it's just going to be either decentralized usability solutions or fully centralized control where all these people are going to recognize the current system's broken. We need a new paradigm and they're going to be funneled away from decentralized technology into centralized exchanges, centralized companies, people with all the power to roll out applications and do things in a centralized way. And so I was, I became very passionate about it at the time I have, I kind of sold my business after 10 years. I wasn't really looking for more steady work. Uh, I, I came on as a part-time consultant basically. And they, I got so excited about the project, getting more and more involved eventually, uh, became the decentralized, uh, uh, what was the actual term is a uh, chief decentralization officer. And again, I brought in my relationships from the delegate proof of state <laughs> community and figured out, you know, how can we work together to help, uh, take this technology, open source it to the world. And that's when the, the Cayman nonprofit was started. 
I was recruited to be part of that board and participate in that. And uh, yeah, again, part-time was kind of my intention and then it became more than full-time and got very, very excited to participate, kind of help build the team a little uh, with different relationships and connections I had, um, continue to build out the block producer community, the integration integrator community as well, as far as the wallets and exchanges. I'm very excited to have Paul, as you mentioned, from Edge Wallet on the board as well. I remember meeting him back in Anarchopulco like years ago at a conference and him sharing Edge Wallet with me. So that's kind of been my story, my journey of participation. And again, my passion for DAOs and DACs. Initially, I thought we're going to be able to take the EOS DAC technology stack and deploy it on the FIO chain. Uh, that project eventually uh, kind of fizzled out. And I've seen that with a lot of DAOs and DACs, unfortunately. It's very, very challenging to protect what you value in a decentralized space. It's very challenging to have a clear vision and leadership and direction. It can be very easy for different voices to kind of drown out sure. other more important conversations, frankly. And so kind of exploring like what's the best approach, I kind of found Theo has a really beautiful hybrid model right now. Like we, we, we do everything on a centralized platform in a sense with Atlassian, Jira and Confluence, but everything is completely timestamped. Meaning if you trust that organization to not like manipulate the logs, you can know every single change that happens and it's full transparent to everyone. So all the decisions are made through the steering committee voting. Uh, the token holders get to do a straw poll to uh, suggest to the current board members you know, who should be on the board. The board members then vet and approve the steering committee members. Mm -hmm. The steering committee members hear from the whole community on the FIO improvement proposals that are put out there for the block producers to evaluate. So it's a, it's a really beautiful process where it's got this decentralized, commun decentralized community aspect of governance plus uh, whatever tools are effective to actually work today. And some of those are still somewhat centralized. So it's uh, it's been a wild ride. I think uh, about a year, year and a half ago, I kind of stepped away from more active role in FIO. Um, I still have a worker proposal where I'm making sure the team gets paid. So I work kind of uh, managing the treasury, working with the, the board who has gone a multi-sig for the treasury. And, uh, but other than that, I've been really enjoying a season of hanging out with my family, uh, studying consciousness, studying philosophy, things that I'm really passionate about. Uh, lots of study in AI, of course. There's like an amazing transformation that's happening with humanity right now coming up in the next three to five years or, or less or more, depending on who you listen to. So the role that blockchain and crypto plays in that, in this AI revolution that's coming and kind of the evolution of consciousness as well as we're starting to ask ourselves, what, what does it mean to be awake and, and alive and, and can that be replicated in AI right. systems and what role will an immutable blockchain, a decentralized data system play in the birth of, you know, what some consider the, the last invention for humanity, you know, AI. So these are all fascinating things that I enjoy and I, I really love the FIO community and, and my participation with it has been, has been great. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there's been, uh, it's been some challenges, right? It's, uh, the 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 DAO system finding that that balance to where, um, you know, community voting versus, uh, and then you know, active worker voting versus uh, being able to make decisions. There's a there's a challenge there, and the biggest thing I found, and I tell people all the time, is, um, you know, there's certain aspects of centralized companies that work great, um, but just eliminating those centralization of power controls where one person makes a decision that affects the entire organization, you actually involve more people. And that, that's the, I think that's the biggest power of this. You just got to figure out how to, how to get the, the harmony between everybody uh, working right. It's still a, a work in progress. Yeah. I often say that every DAO problem is, is 
essentially a human problem. You know, it's always the humans, the human relationships, all businesses, human relationships, figuring out how to coordinate yeah. with each other, understand each other, um, not, not kind of sidestepping or avoiding interpersonal challenges and relational challenges, but actually making those, bringing those to the forefront. And I actually think that that's what a DAO does better than any other uh, structure I've been involved in in my career, where a lot of situations, you know, if the fire, the, the CEO doesn't like somebody or some situation, they can just fire them and move on and they set the direction. And frankly, a lot of things are kind of put under, stuffed under the rug. They're kind of not really addressed. But in a DAO situation, everything's completely radically transparent that every single vote, every single conversation, uh, it's a little more existential. There's a little more risk and threat going like, oh man, one, no one has to tell me what to do. I create my own reality by my own worker proposal. But two, there's also no like strong job security where I can just like, well, I've got a job, they're not gonna fire me and I can just kind of sit on my laurels and, and chill. It's like, you have to provide value right. constantly. And you have to do it in a way that creates self-reflection where you sit there and go, I think I'm worth this much money. And the community might be like, we don't agree. <laughs> and, and the joy I've had in my career is generally being on the raw, you know, the opposite side of that conversation where the people involved might want to give me more uh, in compensation than what I'm even asking for. And that to me is a, just a beautiful experience that you can have with the DAO where you get to have full self-awareness from a consensus of people to say, this is what you're actually doing that's valuable. Here's what we think it's worth. And you get to grow and you get to evolve and you get to have, you know, conflict resolution at an accelerated pace because there's no mommy, daddy authority to tell you how to do it. You're just sitting there going, hey, there's nobody that's like in control here. We're all just working it out the best we can as failed humans. What do we do? And some beautiful things can come from that. But like you said, it comes with a lot of challenge as well. All right, man. Yeah, so I think there's a lot of exciting things. I think we're going to see uh, a really a rise of DAOs coming in the future. DAOs and DAX and uh, really a lot of good tools. You mentioned AI earlier. I think AI is going to play a big part in some of those governance models, some of the automations. Uh, I was recently talking to someone from Adobe in reference to AI, and he says what they're seeing more, at least internally from um, a corporate standpoint, as they normally would evaluate a person's job performance based off of productivity. Mm -hmm. And now that AI is going to create all these tools that, that's going to increase productivity, you're going to see a shift to where people are going to be evaluated based on creativity and not productivity. Nice. Wow, it's amazing. And I, and I would say with that too, you're probably gonna see a shift in terms of uh, evaluating people's interpersonal relationship, their EQ score, not just their IQ, like their emotional intelligence. How well can they work right. in a team? How well can they work with each other? And I really think it's gonna be a, a beautiful result of getting people to focus more on personal development and, and actually improving themselves. It's kind of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I talk about this often and I even talk about it as it relates to building crypto communities, like providing a place for everyone in their journey to fit into your community, whether it's food, shelter, clothing in the bottom or all the way up to what many people think ends at you know, self-actualization. But if you look into his work, it actually ends at self-transcendence. It's even just beyond like, I'm the best human I can be. It's like, what's beyond humanity? What's beyond, like what, back into more transcendent, esoteric, even spiritual things. Like, why am I here? What's this all about? And the more we work with well, uh, yeah. within communities to provide uh, kind of processes for people to feel safe and grow into those roles, I, I think uh, that's gonna be a much more of a focus, uh, understanding you know what the potential is there with the technology. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's really where, um, as, as we, move into a lot of that we're going to see um decentralized technologies really help 
expand the reach of, of, of that to anyone and everyone. That's what I think. I, I tell everybody all the time that currency is just one application uh, in this great network that was created when you know Bitcoin was first launched and, and able to create a decentralized network that doesn't just rely on one single person or entity to control it. Um, we're going to see and, and so many other uh, chains that we're going to see so much data, so much information reaching people. Uh, we're definitely not going to be uh, without information or our lack of information going forward. This is why I so appreciate what you do, Wayne. You've always been a blockchain educator. You're always kind of passionate about helping people understand this stuff, breaking it down into simple terms. I love even just the way you frame this. No crypto, no crypto. You know, Just this whole concept of like... Yeah. Knowing this crypto is going to set people free. And I, I, I do when I share this stuff, I'm pretty active on Facebook and different social media. I still post on Hive occasionally as well. And I just help people realize like this information can literally change your life. This education, understanding these technologies are so disruptive and so important. They can change your life. And they have for me, for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, we're doing very well financially as a family, uh, as far as our needs, you know, very live simple lives. And we have friends of ours that are doing very well also. And it, it's primarily due to being open to spend time, energy, and attention to learning about things like Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Yeah, and that, that's where people need to get past uh, what the media may be saying, what talking heads are saying. And, and I use that example over the weekend. Pay attention to what people are doing, not what they're saying. And I gave the example over the years of what Jamie Dimon just said about Bitcoin and then yeah. what JP Morgan Chase has been doing in the Bitcoin and blockchain and crypto space, right? So, um, you know, people need to open open up to, to realize that there's a lot more information out there than what they've been told. And, and definitely there are certain things we're not taught in school that, that really could, could move individuals forward, humanity forward. Uh, we've got to be open to exploring those. I mean, I, 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 went, I went down that rabbit hole over the weekend with some people as, as they were asking more questions after that event. Because I was at an event for new people, teaching people the basics. And afterwards, I started going. In. I mean, I went down the rabbit hole of, of mainstream media, big pharma, everything. Just kind of what we've heard in the past. Um, and, and really what, what's coming. So it's, it's important but, like, that we educate people because this is not... I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, like, the, my, the greatest example of that is I think there was like 97 patents or something like that where they tried to get a patent on a blockchain technology and they got rejected. So they're saying one thing, the JP Morgans yeah. of the world, like, oh, this yeah. is bad. And if you own Bitcoin, I'm going to fire you from my company. And literally at, at the same, in the same breath, they're working towards their own control of the technology. They're trying to get their own patents. They're trying to figure out how they can control it. And it's, it really is like we homeschool our kids. I'm very passionate about education. Uh, there's a great book called Free to Learn by Peter Gray that talks about how our minds learn through play. And the more we kind of embrace education and understanding through that way, as, as finance doesn't become this weird, spooky thing that only certain people understand, you know, when it becomes something where it's like, no, it's a transfer of energy. Finance is this expression of how we express ourselves. It's right. our time and attention that we, we want to put towards some activity or something that we enjoy or some you know piece of art we want to own or whatever it might be. Thinking about it in terms of play makes it, I think, more accessible for people and recognizing like learning about this stuff really does matter. And, and you're right. It's not taught in the, in the schools. And that's one of the reasons we you know, let our kids do self-directed learning and figure out what they're passionate about. They've already, both my oldest daughter and my oldest son, they've They've gotten computers via work they've done in the crypto space, you know, and they're like 14 and 12, you know, it's, so the opportunities are out there for anyone. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. All right. So as we wrap up, Luke, let, let's uh, let's kind of touch on some of the topics 
uh, we've talked about. In terms of our, our wrap-up, maybe give some final thoughts. When we look at what's happening in this space, this is revolutionary technology we're dealing with. A lot of things that people need to know. Um, you seem similar to me, drawn to projects and people that are moving the space forward in terms of what we're doing at FIO, right? What what Libre is doing, Edge Wallet, Zcrate. I mean, so many others we could probably mention. Um, what advice would you give to maybe a person or people that are looking at, say, maybe they have an idea, something that could make this space easier to to use for people? What, what advice would you give them in terms of moving that idea forward? I think a good framework to consider is imagine whatever work was being done before the internet. And then once the internet came along, mm -hmm. now try to imagine a company that doesn't in some major way rely on the internet, whether it's through their website, whether it's through email, whether it's through some aspect of their business has been transformed and potentially revolutionized because of this new technology of a network that everyone can communicate with everyone else in real time. And so think about whatever skills you have, whatever passions you have, back to what you were saying earlier about your creativity and, and the value that that's gonna to bring to the world, and then learn about, educate yourself, get informed with the tools that cryptocurrency and, crypt and blockchain and everything is gonna to bring to recognize like how is my passion, my idea, my skill set going to be leveraged in this new world where you don't need verification, you don't need trust, you don't need some centralized authority telling everyone how to do things, but it's gonna be more distributed, more decentralized. You know, Uber doesn't own any cars, Airbnb doesn't own any homes, that kind of idea of thinking differently <laughs> because you're gonna be able to have no centralized control validating the trust network that enables some aspect of commerce to take place. So kind of, again, thinking about how your skills can be leveraged with this new wave of technology that's coming that's gonna be just as disruptive. And I gave this talk 10 years ago, I still believe it, that Bitcoin is more disruptive than the internet. This technology is gonna revolutionize everything. And when you hear all like lately in the news, everyone's like, oh, 95% of all NFTs are worthless now. See, that was just silly. It's like, because they, sounds to me like the dot-com bubble. They didn't understand the technology enough to talk about it accurately. Yeah. The, the idea of digitizing ownership in secure uh, assets like NFTs is still real and still gonna be a thing. Every single thing you look at is gonna eventually be digitized in terms of ownership. We're just not there yet. And so just get educated, understand your skill yeah. set and how it can be used in that context, it'd be beautiful. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I actually just created a, a photo today that I haven't shared yet which is the internet may just be a passing fad underneath and then the NFT headline about them all being worthless now, just to Perfect. show that it's all part of the, the adoption process, right? It's, yeah. and, and I always tell people, look back at past adoption cycles and what did we learn from that? That's what FIO did, right? We learned from how did, how did the internet adoption accelerate? And one of those was replacing IP addresses with human readable uh, domains and websites. And, and we're doing the same thing because we realize who really needs those complicated wallet addresses? We understand, if you understand the tech, why they're there, but why, do, why does the user need to see that, right? Yeah. And, uh, and so I think more, more people need to think in that process. And that's why I like to line up and, and share people that are doing things that are making it real for people and not just saying, oh, we, we've launched a project to have another DEX or, or another liquidity pool, like you mentioned what Libre is doing, is actually showing, teaching new people or people that are onboarding what is liquidity and how do I participate? So as we wrap up, I also like to share, you know, where people can follow you. Obviously you're involved in a lot. So uh, maybe share with everyone uh, if they want to follow you, maybe your, your, your social handle or, and also the, the information. I'll drop the links to the projects we discussed today, uh, but where they can find out more. 
Awesome. Yeah. So I've, I've actually lately been pretty active on Facebook of all places. So I guess that makes me an old guy. Uh, you can find me Luke Stokes. I think it's B Stoked is my Facebook handle. Um, less active lately on Twitter, but I'm Luke Stokes on Twitter. Luke Stokes on Telegram if you need to reach me. Uh, I'm also on Hive as Luke Stokes. So pretty, pretty simple to find me there. I think my website is lukestokes.info, although I haven't updated it in a number of years. Um, like I'm in a beautiful space right now where I'm just kind of hanging out with Same. family, so I'm not actively looking for work. But And then, of course, like you said, the uh, Libre.org is a great place to learn about Libre, uh, EdgeWallet, Edge.app, uh, and there's others as well that you can check out. Uh, again, thanks for the time. I really appreciate being involved. Well, also a good time to mention uh, we just launched a new website with Theo. Uh, it's been in process for a while being built. Uh, we, we've been kind of, we have a great protocol, but we didn't have a really good website to represent what we, what we do. And so that's live now. And we've uh, adjusted the URL a little bit. Fio.net is now live. So if someone goes to Fio.net, they can see the new website. They type in the old one, it'll redirect them to the new one. So, um, but Fio.net, make sure to check that out as well. Learn more about the Fio protocol and what we're doing there. Um, so Luke, definitely, man, it's been a pleasure. Uh, always, always great to catch up. And I mean, I know we talk on calls, uh, you know, on, on a somewhat regular basis, but it's really good to catch up and really share a story of what's happening in the space. I think we we all get in our own silos, and it's good to hear from other people to know that we're all still, you know, working on projects to move the space forward. Thank you so much, Wayne. It's a pleasure. Awesome, cool. Well, that's it. Thanks again, Luke, and thanks everyone for listening. And we will catch you on the next next episode. Take care, everybody. <laughs>